Welcome to the Mind Your Brain podcast, where I bring you inside the mind of the best athletes in the world, so you can understand the mental secrets of their success. My guest today is 36 years old Sebastian Kinney, Ironman, three times world champion, European champion. I met Sebi in 2012 as I was working for Orca, and I've been immediately impressed and intrigued by his mindset. He's one of the few athletes who have triggered my transformation to become a mental coach and a clinical hypnotherapist. I hope you enjoy this episode where we get close and personal into Sebi's mindset. Please subscribe and follow me so you don't miss any new episode. Let's get started with my guest, Sebastian Kinley. How are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, doing okay, considering the circumstances, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are circumstances which are pretty bad for everyone. And you just got, uh, you just, you just come back from injury, I was told. Uh, well, I mean, the comeback will take some, some, uh, some time, I guess. But um, yeah, I've been... Uh, at a training camp in uh, in uh, St. Moritz, and I broke my my collarbone um, on a bike crash. So yeah, uh, but on the one hand side, you can look at it and say like, "Oh man, is the shit never stop?" But yeah. on the other hand, I think there was never a bad a better time to to <laughs> to break something than <laughs> than than it is now. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's something which is very amazing with you is that I, you seem to always see the positive side of things. <laughs> I don't know if it just looks like it uh, from the outside, but of course, um, uh, I mean, you know, I think they're amongst like a lot of sport um, professionals. I think they, they have this rule. You can be pissed for like 24 hours. Mm and feel sorry about yourself and, and whatsoever but then afterwards you need to try to focus on what's ahead of you and what you can do because of course you need to analyze if you made a mistake and what lead to a problem like if you have a mechanical or whatsoever you know if you get an injury um that's of course you have to look at it and 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 try to think did i do something wrong did did somebody else do something wrong and whatsoever but but still, you need to to focus on what's ahead because that's what's important. Because that what you can that's what you can change. Yeah. Yeah. I need to confess, I'm very I'm very excited to have you uh, today on the podcast uh, because I don't know if you remember, but we actually met in 2012, and I was working yeah. for Orca, and and I was very impressed actually by your positive attitude, but not only the, the positive attitude, the mindset the way you were talking about your success and everything else. So through the conversation, which very likely was absolutely normal to you, that was very intriguing to me. And that's actually the reason why I've started to, um, to, to learn everything I could about the mind and everything which, which was around uh, mental, mental technique and mental coaching, because I was like, wow, these guys can do it. I should try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's, that's really nice to hear. And I think, um, even today, you know, I mean, uh, people still write me every now and then. They saw this documentary, and I mean, you know how it is nowadays on the internet. Like, there's yeah. every like three weeks, there's something new, there's something great, and whatsoever. And of course, since then, I've done a lot of things. But 
but this one is still is still out there and people are still watching it and enjoying it so i think yeah you, you guys did a pretty amazing job there yeah, yeah that's pretty cool so I, I was trying to research a little bit to discuss what i what i could discuss with you and uh so of course i want to discuss about the mind i want to discuss about mental preparation i want to understand is that what's happening in your mind is something that is innate or something that you have built and then I went through, uh, through some information about you, and I, I, I learned that you started triathlon when you were eight years old. Yeah, just <clears throat> one second, yeah. I'll pick something up for later. Um, because I have something <laughs> that's uh, pretty, pretty funny. Um, that's a school newspaper um, from, my, from my school. Um, that's I, I I can show it in the podcast later. I don't know if you show it on video or not, but um, yeah, yeah, I might show it on the video. The, yeah. The the funny thing is, so you have to write down what you want to become. Oh yeah. When you're grown up, so that's me, and I wanted to be a professional triathlete. <laughs> that's so and amazing. I I was. I mean, this was um, nineteen ninety five. Right. Um. So this is like <laughs> um, that's that's pretty crazy if you if you think about that you you're you're eight years old and at that time I think um, I mean you know the guys they they said they want to become astronauts mm. or or special agents or whatsoever and my class teacher told me no no it has to be actually something realistic when I said <laughs> I want to be a professional triathlete. So it's pretty funny, yeah. So how, how, how did you get there? How did you think about becoming a, a professional triathlete by then? Whenever I tell people the story, they think you have to be so focused and you have to be so um, strict with yourself mm. and you have to be so disciplined and you have to, you know, wake up every morning and fight for it and whatsoever. But that's to totally bullshit because in uh, this like 25 years or 30 years since since I wrote that down, I think I had so many ups and downs and I often, you know, um, I often thought like this will never gonna happen mm -hmm. and um, for sure. So so I think you have to allow yourself to have these these ups and downs. A lot of people think they are weak when they uh, when they lose their um, their willpower uh, to strive for for greatness, and when they when they have self doubts, they think it's it's something negative. You know, they think it's it's something that will stop you eventually from from doing something great. But I think it's more the other way around. It's like you know, like a training session. Basically, mm. you have to look at it this way. You um, you don't train every day for, for eight hours. You know, mm -hmm. you don't go to every training session and absolutely smash yourself. You know, you have to take it easy. Sometimes you, you, sometimes you're injured, you're ill, you, you're, and, and, and the same goes with, uh, with motivation. It has, sometimes you have an up and you, you think you are the greatest on earth and you can do everything. And the other day you think like, Ah, oh, you you feel like shit, and you 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 don't believe in yourself. And I think you have to let it just happen. You know, you just have to 
even it out a little bit. You know, that's important that you have a, a surrounding around mm -hmm. you that help with people that help you to, to balance this out a little bit. And so, so tell that's me about important. Tell me about that, about the surrounding, because this is something that kind of like intrigues me as well. There is one thing that I keep telling the, the people that I'm coaching is that they need to surround themselves with people who can believe in them, people who can yeah. cheer them, people who can coach them, people who can mentor them. And I know that especially in your case, you have this ability to surround yourself with great people. I mean, uh, I mean, we cannot directly, you create these boundaries. Uh, we cannot necessarily yeah. directly access to you. You've got people around you who, who help you, who manage you. And I like to understand, even like when you were a kid from eight, eight years old, having this dream, most of the parents would might, might be say, ah, no, you cannot do that. You know, that's not a job. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me about that. Like how were your parents instrumental in your, in, your, in your belief that you could achieve your dream? And then tell me about yeah. how you surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. So it's on, on, in, in some things um, like talent, you're just born with it, genetics and and so on. And but uh, like with a lot of things, especially in our sport, you can work for it. And the same goes with people. Of course, you can choose your parents. I, mm -hmm. You just have to be sometimes. If you want to be at that level in in the sport, you have to be lucky as well. That's that's not a question. So some t some things are not in your hands, and of course that's uh, how you grow up and who you grow up with and where you grow up. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really important. If I would have grown up, you know, somewhere in South America, you know, very poor um, and so on, it it would have been impossible to become a professional triathlete so that's not a it's not a question and people who think like um everybody can can do this and everybody can achieve everything it's just a fucking lie it's mm -hmm. unfortunately it is um it's not it's not like that of course you can you can work for a, a lot of things and you come very far but i was really uh, really happy with or lucky with my with my parents because um, they were very supportive, but they were never pushy. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I've still seen a lot of kids and uh, they grow up, they, they're like 12, 13, 14 years old. And um, their parents, they push them really yeah. hard to, to, to achieve something great. And, and yes, um, so when you are like 12, 12 years old, of course, you want to, you, you want to be respected by your dad, for example. Mm -hmm. If you're a boy, you always look up to your dad and if you if your dad gives you the feeling um that he just loves you when you win a swim race or whatever you are willing to go very far to 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 um uh, yeah to 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 get the love from your parents but on the long term this doesn't work you know i mean um on the long term i saw a lot of these these uh, young athletes and kids they will stop when they uh, when they are 18 or when they are not when they realize there are other things in life than you know being just daddy's boy or whatsoever so therefore uh, this will stop at one point and then it matters more that your parents um you know give you everything you need mm -hmm. to uh, to be self-supportive and to uh, to make your own decisions and i think you know, that's what I always think when you, when you compare systems, for example, and I don't want to say like, this is good or this is bad, because 
um, in a lot of countries, like, you know, all the good, good athletes um, we had in Germany for a very long time came from the Eastern, uh, from Eastern Germany, because they, aside from the drugs, um, uh, which happened, of course, as well there, but also happened in, in West Germany as well. <laughs> but um, that's another topic. Um, the sports system was very good there. But on the long term, I always think um, uh, if you are free and if you can make your own decisions, a free heart beats the strongest. Um, that's what I always like to, you know, it's an age old story, you know, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's uh, Rocky versus Drago, you know, um, like that's, that's really how, it, how I sometimes feel about it. So, of course, you can you can go very far if you if you get pushed by your parents or by your teacher or by your coach when you are a young athlete. But at one point, you realize, oh, that's actually not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And then, if you're not already won like two Olympic titles, it's 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 over basically for a lot of people. So, yeah, especially in triathlon where you are not successful at the age of 17, but when you're when you're like 35 or 36, then you win probably a Kona or whatever. Um, it's a free will that pushes you. Yeah, I think that's a very good advice because I see so many people coming to me for, for, for coaching or for therapy who basically inside them, they believe that they are not enough. And a big yeah. part of that is coming actually from, from their childhood because they have been pushed uh, consciously mm. or subconsciously they have been pushed towards a dream that is actually not theirs, but which is yeah, basically, exactly. you know, their, their parents or somebody else's dream. So get, getting back to the, uh, and I, I will go back to the, to the point about how you surround yourself with the right people, uh, because you're right. I mean, uh, your parents, <laughs> you, you, you do with the parents you have, uh, but once you grow up, you have the ability to surround yourself with the, with the right people. So what kind of people do you think you need around you? to support you and to help you to achieve your dreams? You need to realize what you think you need to become better, a better athlete. And that's, that's something very difficult. And of course, of, I mean, at my age, a lot of people ask me, what would I, would I have done differently uh, if I could go back in time? And obviously now I know what, kind of coach I need and what kind of people I need around me and that's really uh, um, really something important but you need time and uh, so therefore my advice when it comes to how to surround yourself with good people is first of all you need to you know be open-minded and mm -hmm. look at a lot of different things like you need to meet a lot of people you need to talk to a lot of people and eventually you find out what works best for you Mm -hmm. because you know people say oh this is a good coach or that is a good coach but is it a fit for you it's it's difficult to say you know and then the one thing is they have need to have the knowledge about the science and the sport and and whatsoever but they also need to guide humans you know and that's much more difficult because at the end it's it's e relatively easy to write a good training plan you know um a lot of people can do that i know that there are a lot of good coaches out there they they write nice excel sheets with good training plans but that that's not what makes a 
athlete great you know um it's different things and it doesn't need to be a coach for example it also can be somebody else yeah but uh, that's the first important thing to realize what what kind of people do you want to um, surround yourself so it means you need to have um, clarity around yourself like i see a lot of people who don't have this self-awareness they don't know (laughs) (laughs) you know and uh, it's the most difficult thing i mean it's not and it's never finished. You will never, like, you will die um, with 90 years and you probably never f- really found the final solution, you know. And so, therefore, it's, it's, a, it's a progress, you know. And also, I would say if you are 18, you probably need another type of person or type mm-hmm. of coach than when you are 35 or whatever, you know. For me now, my, my coach also need to be some sort of a friend, you know, because yes. I want to, to work with my coach. And, but in, in other situations, it needs to be different. You know, the coach can't be your friend as well because that's, you, you need a friend, of course, but you also need a coach and the coach is, is a different person. So it's very difficult and um, I don't have an easy answer. <laughs> Yeah, so this is basically like self-exploration, learning to, to know yourself very well, keep learning about yourself, be open-minded, uh, yeah, explore, exactly. explore what is there, ask the right questions, don't take anything for granted, <laughs> but explore for yourself. Yeah, I think that's, that's really, yeah, you described this perfectly. It's, um, it's growing as a human being and then you'll find your find out what uh, who, who are the people that you you need around you to perform yeah so something that has always fascinated me this is the ability of top elite athletes and yourself in particular to set up goals and to have an absolutely clear vision of what you want to achieve so from eight years old your goal was actually super clear and this is not bullshit because you wrote it <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, and then and then I remember like when we met 2012, you wanted to win the uh, the it was Vegas by then, and and I think we we designed actually a suit that we called actually a Dream Vegas, yeah. just for the 70.3, and then we changed it to Dream Kona later on, <laughs> which worked pretty yeah. well. <laughs> so my point is, how how do you how do you manage to get clarity on your goal? Um, how do you do that? Um, so I would say it's there, there are like sep- um, uh, several uh, different stages of, of goals. So first of all, I would say something like I wrote in this, in this uh, newspaper when I was a little boy in the school newspaper. Um, it's not a goal, it's a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you, you start to make goals towards that dream, like, um, okay, if I want to swim sub five minutes for 400 meters in two years, then I, that's my dream. And then I, I have like small steps towards mm-hmm. that uh, dream. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, if you realize this is not possible, then you have to adjust um, your dream um, to make it a goal. So it has to be realistic. That's the first thing. So. Um, a lot of people they 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 don't even know what's a realistic uh, goal for them, and that's that's the difficult thing. Of course, it's allowed to dream, 
there's not it's not, nobody can tell you like you, you can't dream but yeah. um now it's for 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 people that are probably like not eight years old and in school it has to be something that is realistically achievable because otherwise people will they will cramp up you know they will realize oh i can't achieve this and then they will eventually stop completely because they're so frustrated they can't um, achieve their their dream or their 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 highest goal so therefore they stop probably with all of it you know if you have a dream of finishing an ironman but then you're probably um you're probably ill or whatsoever and, and but you still want to achieve that and then you realize you can't you probably stop with the sport at all that's mm. like something really sad so therefore you probably need to adjust your goal to just finish at 17.3 so that's mm. the first thing and then the next thing is um for example of course i always have goals like winning another world title like another ironman hawaii championship but that's so strong linked to like a lot of factors i can't influence and that's a problem because mm-hmm. um a goal always needs to be something that you can influence you know and that's um that that's just about you and your performance yeah and so therefore i also have to have a goal that is linked to for example um i want to run like a half marathon in a certain time because that's measurable and that's something that's not linked to performance of other athletes and um it's the same with swimming and so on so therefore you need to have make like a lot of small goals along the way that you want to achieve because then it's easier like we all know when you start the marathon on an ironman and you think like oh fuck it's a marathon you will you will totally lose control over your mind like you you think it's not possible to do this so therefore you start to say like i start running to the first aid station and so on and the same goes for every other goal as well you need to have like small steps along the way yeah that's that's pretty fascinating and what you see is very true like a lot of people actually focus on what they cannot control what is that what is external instead of focusing on what they can actually control internally, which seems to be something that you do really well. Yeah, I think, so also in general, I think you need to have like some, you know, like some big vision you want to achieve because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they, they have something like, oh, I want, to, I want to finish like an Ironman or something like yeah. that. But the, the, the bigger picture is they want to be happy. They want to be happy human beings. They want to have a fulfilling life, yeah. and they want to they want to be healthy and um, and and stuff like that. And that's also something you need to have in mind because, of course, something like like a a goal in sport, like finishing a race or, or qualify for Ironman Hawaii or whatever, can be very helpful. But you also have to have in mind what's the bigger picture. And the bigger mm-hmm. picture is if you qualify for Hawaii, but you get divorced <laughs> because <laughs> you train too much and uh, you probably, um, whatever, um, are injured and you take painkillers because mm-hmm. you want to still train or some bullshit like that, uh, you will harm yourself. It's not going to serve the bigger picture. And so therefore, 
you you need to have that in mind as well so you need to have some sort of like a mission statement that's what mm -hmm. i um think is important yeah do you do anything special to train your mind and to have this special mindset i think the first thing uh, what's important is like i said when you when you surround yourself with people that that you can talk um to about that you know mm -hmm. like for example um, it's for me it's very important um, uh, to be able to talk to my coach about mm -hmm. these goals I have and so um, even if I don't tell them to a newspaper or whatsoever it's important for me that like a friend or my coach know that's that's my goal and mm -hmm. and and something like that so even just talking to a, to a, to a other person about uh, these goals is, is very important and so I think one of the m important mental aspect is that you need it doesn't need to be a sport psychologist or or mm -hmm. or whatever but um, it needs a per you need a person to to talk um, uh, to when it comes to to your goals and, and whatsoever yeah. and then um, the next thing is obviously um i think when you uh, when you do like this everyday training sessions um some people they would love to always get distracted you know mm -hmm. like they run with music yeah. um they always have like four screens on yeah. and and whatsoever <laughs> and it's i also do that it's it's not a question because i train so much that you need to have like some sort of distraction sometimes mm -hmm. but on the other hand, it's also sometimes important to train alone, like mm. don't go with any group or whatsoever, just do, do your training session alone and, um, and the mind just starts flow, flowing, you know, I mean, yes. you can't, that's what I lo love when I just go running on my, on my own and no music uh, whatsoever, like um, in, the, in the woods. It's like you can't control your mind and mm. if, if you have negative um, thoughts and whatsoever they will pop up at, at one yeah. time and then you have to face your fears basically mm -hmm. and um, so I don't do any like special mental training sessions or whatsoever but I always you know let let also negative thoughts I, I don't try to whatever bury them or mm. think about something else if i have something negative i will start to think about it you know and and face it and if i'm afraid of something i i not i don't try to block that feeling yeah. i actually you know even dig deeper and try to figure out why i'm afraid of something or mm. why why is there hate or whatever you know and then then I'll also try to use that for an, as an advantage. Yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting what you say about like using your run as a way to express whatever thoughts you have. Uh, one thing I don't know if you're aware about, but we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. So that's about one thought per second. So most of the thought we have happen at subconscious level. Uh, and we are only aware of a very small fraction of it. And when you do like running like that, or when you do meditation as well, it can be either way. That's an exercise of mindfulness where you start being aware of your thoughts. So, and a lot of people, as you say, they block that. Uh, they prevent their thoughts to be expressed. And, and then they don't really understand what's happening because it's like, 
it's like yeah. uh, you know pressure pressure cooker right when you keep that it explodes at some point yeah it's it's 100 i think that's why sport is so important because obviously you can you can also say like okay let's just switch off everything you know and lie down on the on the floor and mm. and and just let let your mind flow it's also fine you know but a lot of people they can't do this anymore because they wake up in the morning they already have their ipad the tv mm. on the radio music other people around them newspaper blah 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 you know then you go to work you constantly like um impacted by all mm. sorts of information and distractions and and so on and i think um it's very difficult for for the human mind to to handle all that because it just came up in the last 40 50 years or even even less and we are not we are not made for that our brains are not made for for that constant punishment of information and then and then the people go to bed in the evening and they switch off the light and then their brain starts to work because <laughs> they, 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 they were so distracted the whole day that they yeah. never let the brain flow and then they will start to have worries and, and starting about things yeah. they couldn't think about the whole day and then they can't sleep, you know? And so therefore I think it's really important to, to have this, like, even if it's just 20 minutes, where you don't have any distractions and you just you know lie down or mm. or whatever with without nothing no music whatsoever close your eyes and just do nothing concentrate yeah. probably on your breathing or whatever mm. and then yeah it will all come up <laughs> yeah i think i think i think you're absolutely right and this is something that i can see among all the top elite athletes that i can see whatever the sport like the ability to be really focused to be in the moment to be 100% present. And, and, and I remember some stories that you said some times ago, like 2012, you were in Kona and you had a puncture on the bike. Still, you managed actually to recover and, and I think you got the, the, fastest, the fastest bike split. But what intrigued me is that what you said at the moment, you say like, if something like that happened to me a few years back, I would have freaked out. Yeah. Yeah, that's hundred percent right. I mean, um, obviously, uh, it's not you. You're not born with the ability to handle different difficult situations and so on. It's it's something you need to learn. It's not it's not something that that comes naturally. Um, at least not for for me. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't born with the ability to stay calm and stay focused in a diff difficult situation. Not at all. I, I'm more the other way around. I, I, if something goes wrong, I'm usually the guy who's freaking out completely. And, mm -hmm. but over the years, I realized um, whenever the situation is getting like really messy, I usually manage to stay like pretty calm and and collected. But that's something. You need to to learn, I think. Um, yeah, and I think the sport ha definitely helped a lot because the situation you are in 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 such a race, it's so high pressure. Mm. You know, it's um, you worked like not only a year, you worked like 15 years towards that yeah. goal of winning a world championship or whatsoever, and then you have a flat tire, and of course, you can't freak out. It's it's <laughs> it's 
it's really bad but in that moment you have to tell yourself okay so what can i do now to solve the situation and it's not freaking out and losing your mind or start crying or whatsoever it's not going to help you you can still do that later mm. don't um don't get me wrong it's it's okay to to get an anger and freak out and whatsoever yeah. but not during the race and um and i like to discuss about the uh the, the 2019 world championship it's still maybe fresh in your memory but to me i mean this race was probably the most inspiring race that i have seen from you uh because your swim was probably one of your worst swim <laughs> Uh, you were like pretty far away. I would say you were like 50 or something. I, ca I can't remember, but you were like far away. And most of the people who have actually kind of like give up and say, okay, I'm too far away. And especially considering the, the field today in your sport, like <laughs> you see like all the Gomez, all the Fredeno, all these guys, they are like so fast across the board. They, are, they have like virtually no, no, no weakness. You start the swim, you're like pretty far away. I like to understand what happens in your mind at this point. What do you think? Because basically for the people who don't know this race, you still manage to finish at the fifth place. And I'm pretty sure that fifth place is not what you expected. You probably expected to get a podium or win, but this is pretty impressive. You started 15th, I think you were like 10 or 11th uh, of the bike, <laughs> which is massive. And yeah, yeah, and then you managed to get like top five. And, and that's about, I don't, I don't remember four hours, something like that flat, maybe four hours, something like that. So that's takes a lot actually on the brain. So can you just let us know what happened in your mind during the swim and when you got out of the swim and stuff like that? Um, the funny thing is during the swim, swim, I, I actually felt like pretty good, <laughs> which is, then even worse if you yeah. um, go out of the water and you expect it like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Maybe I lost like one and a half or two minutes and then you heard like four minutes. And uh, it's like, of course, you, you, like you said, in this field, you know that um, you're not going to probably, you're not going to win another world title. But then, of course, you try to tell yourself things like it's a long day everything can happen um the others um have to also just you know be lucky and don't make any mistakes and and so on and so on and so on and then of course the thing is also it helps quite a lot that i've been in the situation a couple of times i've never been a really strong swimmer um but obviously um that was like one of the worst swims for sure especially considering that i felt actually pretty good but um <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to tell yourself like, okay, I I trained my butt off to be here, and it doesn't make any sense if you now just go like with half your motivation. Mm -hmm. Then you can also just stop. But yeah. you know that's like probably the worst thing that you can do at all. Like if you if you fought a hard race and and you finished and you probably end up eleventh place or whatsoever, you 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 just know that this can always happen in professional mm -hmm. sport, but you can always have a bad day and it's always one guy who wins the race and mm -hmm. all the others are not winning the race. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so therefore, you know that, that you're not going to win every race. But the worst thing is really the feeling like traveling home and you know, like you quitted the race or you give yourself up. 
So I wanted to at least have that feeling that I gave it all. And, mm. um, but also on the bike, I realized I'm not going to make up any, uh, really any time, but um, that's, that's why uh, in our sport experience matters so much because I've learned from the past that this doesn't mean that there's no chance in the race to do something mm. that you can still be proud of. And I thought like, okay, what, what's something you can be proud of probably? Mm -hmm. And I thought, actually, you know, I mean, I trained good and my bike wasn't perfect, but something that, that, that probably, uh, that's probably make me proud is if I can run faster than Javi Gomez or, or Alistair Brownlee or Christian Blumenfeld, that would be something I would be super proud of. And so when I started the run, I felt pretty good. And then I start to catch up people and I realized, wow, I mean, I was watch, looking on my polar watch and uh, I, I realized actually it's, um, you're, you're running quite fast. And so therefore that was something that was still pushing me to get something positive mm -hmm. out of this, this race. And you also need to think about the next race, then you have Hawaii and it's mm -hmm. always helping if you, if you come out of a race like that with an experience, oh, I was faster than Alistair Brownlee, Javi Gomez, and Christian Blumenfeld running. Like yeah. nobody would ever expect uh, me to do that. So am I. And so therefore that was something good. And I think that's always important if, you, if you're in a race and you know you're probably not going to win it or you're not going to succeed or, or, um, or, or, or reach a goal, you mm -hmm. can still get something positive out of it yeah and interestingly what you say is that i mean it's all about yourself it's all about uh getting this inner victory and yeah sometimes it can be about like like getting outside benchmark like alistair Bromley or gomez but this is about you feeling proud and feeling yeah. good about your achievement which is like so important are you are you um uh, are you using any kind of like technique like visualization uh, or meditation just to prepare yourself for situations like that where okay you have to give the very best of your mind or just something that you have built through these years and years of experience yeah i think um uh, what's uh, what's always really important is to to be aware of typical situations in a race like mm -hmm. you lost your nutrition what do you do you have a flat tire what do you do um you lose your goggles in the swim what what do you do and um and and just stuff like that you know where it's if you if you visualize visualize what you do in these situations you're not gonna freak out if it happens in a race mm -hmm. you know um it's um i i read something about that and i think the brain can't doesn't can decide whether it really happened or you just visualized it yeah and that's really important if you if you're good with with things like that where you really make a plan like what do i do when i have a puncture and then you go through it like and you prepare yourself like what do i need to do like okay first i need to get the screw out of my um package on that's behind the bottle and then mm -hmm. i put off the rear brake and, mm -hmm. and so on and so on and so on. Um, I think a lot of people don't do that because they think, if I think about it, it's probably going to happen in the race. But it's totally, totally bullshit because 
you also always need to, I think you need to be prepared for the worst. And then if it really happens, you're not going to freak out. But obviously for some things you can't prepare, but it helps to think about it before the race. Because um, I always, the most important thing for me is always, I try to think about the moment mm-hmm. where I don't want to go harder anymore, where I want to quit, where I think like, I I don't care if I win or not because in every race you have these moments where you where you think like it doesn't matter you know I just want to go back to my hotel room and um, it's not important if I if I win the race or second place or third place it doesn't matter I just want to you know um, take it easy (laughs) basically and I think that's that's something really important and I always try to you know, I have something in mind that I can tell myself when I'm in these moments, but it's not easy. It's actually quite really, really hard to to still have it in mind when you are in that situation. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. It's all about getting prepared on that, preparing for all the different scenario, making the unfamiliar familiar for your brain. So when that happens, you know what to do. And to your point, visualization is like so important because indeed the brain cannot tell the difference between what you do and what you imagine or what you watch on TV, for example. So the more you can do that and bring all the five cents into it, make it as real and as vivid as possible, then the more your brain is prepared for that. And to your point yeah. as well, like people sometimes don't, they, they, they don't want to think about the negative things, but it's not about thinking about the negative things. It's about thinking about how you handle the negative things or of the hard times, which will happen whether it's on an Ironman or if it's in life as well, uh, because what you do pretty much applies to any people who have like, a, I would say a regular job, <laughs> they go yeah. through the same hardship. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the most um, extreme thing when it comes to that, I realized when I've been um, in Talgau at the Red Bull Performance Center and we did like a heat uh, test. Yeah. Where you run on a treadmill and you basically run at the same conditions you run in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you do like a normal ramp test where you go faster and faster. And um, you're constantly controlled like there are doctors and, and everything. And um, you, you swallow like a special pill that measures your core temperature constantly. And also you get a temperature measured at your ear. Mm-hmm. and so that you don't do anything dangerous of of course but it's crazy what heat does to your brain it's mm-hmm. like incredible is um it's so it's so extreme what it does to your willpower like mm-hmm. it it makes you weak in your brain like completely weak and you can't it's even with all the willpower you have you can't force yourself because it's like an like an emergency switch um, to save your your, yes. your body from from dying, basically, um, and uh, it's it's crazy. And I think um, that's something uh, I'll I'll I will do. I will put more work in to mm-hmm. uh, to experience um, how how I need to manage my 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 thoughts and mm-hmm. how I need to to approach myself and what my brain. How my brain works when it yeah. comes to these conditions because it's 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 something completely different from just going harder you know if mm-hmm. somebody somebody tells you we do a ramp test and we do like max out on the bike mm-hmm. 
it's you can do a lot with just willpower and you can handle a lot of pain because you know that kind of pain when you have like pain in your legs yeah. for example it's not i don't even think it's something negative i actually always try to um, link it as something positive if my mm -hmm. legs hurt i know i'm doing good because it's it's intense it's hard and but it's a total different feeling when it comes to heat because mm -hmm my brain tells me it's dangerous it's yes. dangerous yes you need to stop and of course yes i mean it's <laughs> it is dangerous and um you should not do that like just for fun but when it comes to the most extreme conditions and to winning races you have to push the boundaries also from your uh, from your mental willpower what you uh, what you're you're able to handle basically yeah yeah, that's very true. And the thing is, like, the external factors are the same for everyone. Like, the heat is the same for everyone. Yeah. And the brain works the same for everyone. I mean, we are all the same. Like, and you're absolutely right. The, the, the first, the primary function of the brain is to make us safe. <laughs> yeah. So we all yeah. have this switch that says, gosh, stop that right now. You're going to die. So I think yeah. it's all about training the brain to be more familiar with the situation and push push the limit of when you, you feel like, okay, now it's not safe and the brain actually like, anyway, is going to take over. I think it's, stop. it's um, because a lot of people think, oh, what they do is something like really, really dangerous. And of course, yeah, like you said, it's, it actually has, has a function. So I don't want to switch off that function because mm. it's important to have that function because I don't want to die, you know? I mean, that's, <laughs> not, the, that's not my goal. Um, yeah. And I don't want to harm myself mm. as well. But it's, I always compare it to, you know, when you are walk around in your house and, um, and then it's, it's a little bit dark and you open this room and it's completely dark. Um, but instead of going inside and being careful and, you know, um, trying to, to get um, familiarized and trying mm -hmm. to make the eyes work, even if it's like very dark or walking slow and trying to 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 feel with your hands where you're walking um people just close the door and say like oh i'm not gonna go in this dark room but that's how you need to approach when you go to these extreme conditions it's like okay this is a dark place and um so what i do is i be careful and i open the door and then i walk in very slowly and try to to look like what's what's there um mm. and then you can still figure out if it's dangerous for you then you just walk out of the room again or you can tell like oh yeah it's actually not that bad it's not that dark and your mm -hmm. eyes get familiarized with it and then you can actually walk around and you of course you don't want to spend the whole day in this dark room yeah at one point you need to go out of the dark room again but but it's some one room in your house that you know it's there and sometimes you're gonna go in this dark room and um but you be careful and you walk around slowly but the more often you go into that dark room you you know okay there is a carpet and you need to be careful because the stair is um standing right there you don't need, want to fall over and that's how i uh, approach this situation where mm. i go with my brain when it comes to like extreme conditions like heat or whatsoever it's not that i go there and then i say like oh god it's dangerous i'm yes. gonna go back it's more like okay i'm gonna go slowly and i'm gonna try to figure out how it feels and first 
I go there, like, like I said, in a controlled environment where I have a doctor around me and, mm -hmm. and so on, so that there's, it's not dangerous and I measure everything very carefully. And the next time I know, okay, this is how it feels and I can go there and I can push it a little bit further and see what happens. I'm not gonna fall over that because mm -hmm. it's something that's, you, it's very careful. I think you can kill yourself just by riding a bike. You know, at one point yeah. you will stop. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Unless you're taking any uh, like crazy drugs or whatsoever, yeah. but um, yeah. No, I think what you see is absolutely right. And what I can see as well is that a common trait with all the elite athletes like you is that you have this openness to explore yourself. In, to explain to explore your inner boundaries but with no craziness i haven't seen anyone uh who tells me oh i try something and i don't care about dying it's not that at all it's all about <laughs> cautious exploration trying to understand where the limit is and i i think sometimes i've been asked what what is the purpose of life and i see sometimes i believe the purpose of life is maybe just to explore your inner possibilities and this is what is so fascinating about about you and some of the elite athletes is the ability you have to explore your inner possibilities and i think it's actually for for everybody because i always realize you know i'm not somebody like i said who wants to live in this dark room the whole day mm. i enjoy the comfort as well you know it's um i like chocolate and i like lying on my sofa and i like to hang out with friends and and whatsoever and actually sometimes i i'm like a really lazy lazy guy you know it's not it's not like that but i can just enjoy that if i did something before you know if i ride my bike it's like super nice to be mm -hmm. lazy afterwards but if i'm not doing anything like the whole day and then in the evening i look back and think like what did i do today like mm -hmm. nothing basically watching tv for 20 hours or whatever i'm not happy you know <laughs> and i think that's for everybody it's just some sometimes the people forget how it feels and that it's something that's actually really comfortable and for some people it's just a 20 minute walk to go outside and do a 20 minute walk and they come back and they feel good mm -hmm. and um of course for me it's more like a five five and a half hours bike ride but um for everybody it's different and i think it's important to to move because then you you feel more comfortable afterwards well Sibi, we are approaching the end of the podcast yeah <laughs> so first of all i would like to really acknowledge you for being such a positive person uh for sharing your experience with everyone like that this is so needed right now so i really appreciate that yeah. i would like to acknowledge you as well for constantly reinventing yourself um, <laughs> and, 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 and to, to, to be this kind of person who always want to explore your inner possibilities and that's really inspiring. So I would like to acknowledge you for all that. Thanks, thanks a lot. And uh, I just, yeah, want to, to encourage all your, your listeners um, uh, to also go out and, and work out and uh, also inspire some, some other people around you um, about the positive um, things uh, in, when it comes uh, to sport. And, uh, and I think that's really important because it makes our world much better. If everybody just moves a little bit, um, I think uh, the world will be a much better, <laughs> more peaceful and more healthy place. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So my very last question that I ask to everyone, um, if 
you had the opportunity to go back in time and meet a younger version of Sebastian. Um, knowing everything you know now about the mental, the importance of the mind and all these kind of things, at what age would you go back? And what would you tell the young Sebi? The thing is, I think I don't want to go back because all the, the experiences um, I made and all the decisions I made because of that experiences um, made me what I am today. So mm -hmm. I think um, going back and telling myself something um, I know now would probably, you know, lead to totally different decisions. And then I would probably be a different person and maybe not in a good way. So I think in general, I'm pretty happy where I am. And so therefore also the negative things in my life um, made me, uh, made me who I am now, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I think um, to believe um, to, uh, that you need to correct all your mistakes or or you can make better decisions. Um, if you go back, I think it's not, it's not true. You have to make some bad decisions and you have to experience some negative things to grow. And um, so therefore I would not go back actually, <laughs> but I would love to go forward like a thousand years and see how the humans, um, yeah, how the humans acted. And uh, if we, if we manage to survive. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Sibi, and uh, thank you so much for your wisdom. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> that was very thanks nice. Thank you so much, and yeah. all the best for what is coming next. Yeah, thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks Cheers. for having me. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with a friend and subscribe. See you in the next episode.